Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, March 12th, 2022. As you can imagine, when I was growing up in school and it came time to pick teams for kickball or flag football during recess, I was usually not the first pick. Uh, If it would have been an academic competition, I probably would have been a team captain. But for those athletic things, I was more middle of the pack to the end of the pack. And so the teams would be getting picked. And by the point I got picked, I could start seeing the teams. And sometimes it was clear just by how the teams were shaking out, one of these teams is going to win. So by the time I get picked, I'm really hoping not even necessarily I want to get picked next. I want to get picked by the team that's going to win. Everybody loves a winner. And we all want to be on the winning team. And sometimes when you got picked by the team that was all the short kids and you felt like there's we don't stand a chance, it's not exactly the most motivating thought. But when you got picked by the team that just looked like a juggernaut, you were like, all right, this is going to be fun. Well, as we think about the team that we have been picked by, as we have been called to be a part of the kingdom of God, a part of just the servants of Jesus Christ, we need to be encouraged today that we're on a team that really is a juggernaut. We are a part of an unstoppable kingdom, and that should give us joy and confidence as we serve. And we're going to see this to some extent in both of our passages today, but we'll start in Luke chapter 10 verses 1 through 24. Now some of this you'll say this sounds familiar, and some of it is, um, but this seems to be a separate instance. We've seen some of these phrases earlier in Matthew as Jesus trained up the 12 to go out, but now he's training this group of 72 to go out and uh, to be a part of the harvest, and that's where it begins. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So even there, you see um, just that we need to pray for more people to be on this team. And that's where this team is unstoppable. The kingdom of God is unstoppable, but it won't always feel that way because the harvest is so plentiful and the laborers are so few. So we need to pray for more laborers. Pray for that for your church. Don't become too parochial. Pray that for other churches in your area, that anyone that is truly serving Christ, that that their team would expand, that they would grow in their mission of sharing the gospel to the world around them. But then we see him giving some specific instructions. And again, some of these seem to be very specific to that trip. Um, His command to carry no money bag or knapsack or sandals and greet no one on the road. That is not a command for all believers in all times. But you see him commissioning them to go out and to tell people the kingdom of God has come near to you. They were to bring the message of the kingdom. And that's a good reminder for us, you know, that this is a bigger picture. Jesus is a king. He rules over a kingdom. We are called to be a part of that kingdom. And they are told to give this message. But again, there will be uh, opposition. You see some cities that failed to repent. 
and he warns them uh, that it's going to be bad on Judgment Day. It will be more tolerable for Sodom than that town. And then he calls out specifically Chorazin, saying, if I would have done these kind of works in Gentiles, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. Um, but in Capernaum, you know, you, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. And these are cities where Jesus did a lot of ministry, but you can go to these cities today and they're nothing but ruins. Uh, these cities did not thrive. These cities did not survive. Um, and we're seeing Jesus say, well, you didn't listen to me. Uh, and so there we just see a warning about really the dangers of unrepentance. Jesus is bringing a kingdom. How do you get into that kingdom? Well, Right, repenting and believing, turning from your sin and putting your faith in Christ. And so that is the message as we declare the kingdom, we are to call people to repent of their sin, to put their faith in King Jesus, the one who died for them. And we see this warning about those that don't repent. And just a reminder to you, you might not be being sent on a mission to these specific cities, but we are still part of the harvest. There is a harvest today wherever you live, and God wants you to be a part of declaring the kingdom. Are you doing that? Are you telling people about King Jesus? Are you calling people to turn from their sins and put their faith in him? God is calling you to do that. And the encouragement is you are a part of the winning team. This kingdom of heaven will not be stopped. And you even see them rejoicing um, in what happens. And Jesus even talks about um, you know, how he has seen Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Just a good reminder that Jesus is in control. Satan, while it may look so intimidating and the forces of darkness at work in our world, Jesus is sovereign even over that. He will win. So we are a part of an unstoppable kingdom, and that should encourage us. And even we should feel privileged to be a part of this kingdom. As we see some of Jesus's final words in this section, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Um, All these things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father or who the Father is except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal himself. And so that's where we need to be blessed And realize, man, I'm a part of this kingdom. That's not something I deserve. It's really based on something that God has revealed to me. And even we need to also sense our privilege, not just that we can be a part of the kingdom of God, but also our privilege even in the era in which we live, that many prophets and kings, that they would have loved to have the completed Bible in their hands like you and I do. But we have that. So we should rejoice. We should be encouraged as we think about the team that we are on as we go out into the harvest. And I hope that encourages you today. Now, as we think about the unstoppable kingdom, let's uh, think a little bit about Numbers 21 through 23 together. And again, we are not a part of the nation of Israel, but some of just the power of God that we will see here, I think, should encourage us. This is the same God that we serve. This is the God that is undefeated, the God that will win. And in chapter 21, we see some accounts of just the military victories. They destroy a rod. They defeat uh, King Sihon. They defeat King Og. Well, in the middle, there's the story of the bronze serpent. So we still see their sin and their complaining and God's judgment for that. But then in chapter 22 and also chapter 23, we see the more familiar story of Balaam and his donkey and his prophecies. 
And so one thing I want us to see here is how God is in control of this situation. Balaam is not a good guy, and we'll see more of that as we go on. Uh, But God has control even over him, even over this king and this kingdom, because the kingdom of Israel was unstoppable in that moment because God was with them. And so you see the story of Balak being summoned and Balaam and his donkey and his donkey talks to him, you know, what have I what have you what have I done to you that you have struck me these 3 times and then the angel of the Lord comes and says, "Hey, wh- what are you doing? Why are you striking your donkey? It's I I would have killed you and let the donkey live. And so you see, why is God angry? Because that's something that comes up earlier in verse 22. As he goes, God's anger was kindled against Balaam. And if you read carefully, God told Balaam to go. So why is God angry for something that God let Balaam do? Well, it seems clear, especially as you consider verse 35, that Balaam is not going with the right heart. The angel of the Lord says to Balaam, go with the men, but only speak the word that I tell you. Remember, Balaam is not a good guy. He seems to be very motivated by money. And it seems by this warning that maybe he was going, but he didn't intend to do what God had told him to do. And he wasn't going with that right heart. And now God has warned him, no, you're only going to say what I want you to say. And then we get into chapter 23 in the first two oracles of Balaam, where he is told by this king of the Moabites, curse them, but he ends up blessing them. And again, I want us to see the power and the sovereignty of God uh, over this, that, that they could not curse God's people. And also, I find it interesting just some of the strong things that are said about Israel, even in these prophetic statements. When in the last couple chapters, we've seen them complaining again, we've seen them failing again and again. But even then, God still loves his people and is committed to his people, even despite their failure. And that's an encouraging thing for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? And even though we may fail, God will work through us and he will overcome. I mean, even these people who we might be, man, they're whiners and complainers. Well, look how God describes them in verse 24. Behold, a people, of chapter 23, verse 24. Behold, a people, as a lioness, it rises up, and as a lion, it lifts itself. It does not lie down until it has devoured the prey and drunk the blood of the slain, right? He's comparing this people to a lion and a lioness, right? What an amazing thing when we might view them as much a weakling whiners and complainers. And I think that tells us more about God and his power and his love uh, than it does the people of Israel. So I want you to be encouraged today. If you are a servant of Christ, you are a part of an unstoppable kingdom. Jesus is in control. Uh, you know, even Satan is not overcoming our God. And so we can be a part of that harvest with confidence. We can call people to be a part of this kingdom with confidence. And though the world may conspire against the people of God right now, like Balaam and Balak did against the people of Israel, God is in control. And so help that to encourage us this day. And may we even just be excited about the team we are on. We may feel outnumbered at times, but we will win in the end because of who our God is. So let's go. Let's be faithful. Let's serve. Let's do what we're called to do on this team and trust that our God will use it as he is an unstoppable king over an unstoppable kingdom. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. 
For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.